Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Two, one, we're live. Well, hey, folks, we're back. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, so I had to go right back in and redo this complete show, reschedule it. So we are back, albeit uh, 20 minutes late. So let's get Sifu Robert Deal back on the line, my co-host. Um, that's kind of weird how that how that happened. Well, let's get him back on the line here. We'll get going on with our show like normal. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Hello. I have no idea what happened. Apparently, Blog Talk Radio thought that the show was 15 minutes. <laughs> so, Instead of 120? Exactly. So I had to go in and completely delete the previous show and schedule a new one. So um, before we go on, let me go ahead and uh, post the new Oh, link. we're not on the air? It says we're on the air. We are on the air. We are on the air now. Um, oh, got it. Yeah. But let me go ahead and post the new link back onto Facebook. And uh, when you see it, if you could... Uh, Post it also. That would be great. So that way uh, we are live on the air on Blog Talk Radio. So such is the ways of live radio, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not that we haven't had issues prior to this. Yeah, I was like, what's going on? Oh, look at that. Um, Clark Tang and David O.L. Reed. There we go. Let's see. Uh, Control V. There was something going weird with it anyway, like when I was uh, uh, trying to share it before, it wouldn't show our logo. Um, but, oh, well. Oh, oh so it wasn't so, just me. No, it, it was it was everything about it. Um, okay, so. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. so, you know, I got a new phone that's the size of a small tablet, so I thought the phone was, was jacked up. Oh, no, it's. Probably this whole new blog talk radio thing. So anyway, for our listeners out there, we're going to have Master David L. Reed and Master Clark Tang joining us. Um, It's probably we're probably going to be running about 15 minutes late uh, because of this weird, uh, this weird, like technical difficulty. But uh, I'm going to pick up where we left off. So I just mentioned Melody Schumann. As uh, as uh, having a birthday today, and previous birthdays uh, this week would be Mark Para, the late Dan Harmon, Mike Mather, uh, Tara Nieto, uh, Frank Marquez, Gary Lee, Don Joyner, Joseph Miller, and Mike Rivera. <clears throat> Woo! Said that in all in one breath. Um, and on the 31st, two birthdays, Master Dan Haney and Rob Thornton, uh, Master Zosha Gorbati on April 1st, and Jim 
Arvanitis on the second, who is a great influence on what we know as MMA today. So anyhow, woo, yay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hand the mic over to you, Bob. Do you have any announcements? Uh, well, we uh, in two weeks on Saturday, uh, I forget what day it was, but it, or what date it was. It's in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We're having uh, Seasonal People's Day at the Martial Arts History Museum. Uh, the week after, we're having Don Baird Day at the museum. Uh, so come on down. They're great. Both, both of them are great martial artists, big in the community. Uh, we've got Dragon Fest coming up uh, in July 18th, 19th. We've got uh, Madison Hall of Fame coming up June 6th. And uh, now that's it for my announcements. Okay. Cool. For mine, I've got, I got this in the news feed from Christine Bannon Rodriguez. And. This is about the Don Rod- Don Rodriguez uh, 35th Annual Ocean State Grand Nationals. This is a big tournament. It's going to be April 10th, 11th, and 12th. So three days, <laughs> three days of martial arts competition and all sorts of stuff. And special guests are Kevin Thompson. And Pat Johnson, they're going to be the special guests at the Ohio State Grand Nationals. And uh, this tournament's going to be held at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island. And uh, for information, you want to contact Don or Christine at P.O. Box uh, 6120 uh, in Warwick, Rhode Island, 02887. Uh, email drka111 at aol.com, or you can call 401-737-2809, or you can just go to www.oceanstategrandnational.net. So there's that. And yay. Awesome. Do I have any more announcements regarding... I don't. Okay. Well, with that said, I guess we can move on to health news. All right. Now, as of the school year 2014 through 15, um, all food sold at, sold at schools, like, you know, in vending machines and stuff like that during the school day, uh, needed to meet nutrition standards. You know, I didn't know this, Bob, did you? <laughs> that vending machine stuff had to meet nutrition standards. You're breaking no up idea. really bad. I am? I don't, that's funny. I don't hear it. Okay, let me see here what's going on. Huh. Oh, here, let me try this. There's so many windows open, it's not even funny. Either that or my cousin is on <laughs> is on the internet watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'll kick her ass off. I, I know. And if that's the case, it's like stop <laughs> taking up all my bandwidth. All right. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, did you know that vending machine stuff in schools had to meet nutrition standards? I had I had no idea. Apparently, there's a program called Smart Snacks in school. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but it's like really. <laughs> I don't think Doritos are smart snacks. But anyway, 
Okay, so this regulation applies to food sold a la carte in the school store and vending machines. Now, prior to the publishing of the Smart Snacks rule, 39 states already had nutrition standards in place, and uh, a number of tools and resources are available to help schools identify food items that meet Smart Snacks criteria. And uh, it says here to see the resources below for information about the Smart Snacks requirement, um, and it's a it's a it's a it's a photo, it's a graphic. So I'll go ahead and uh, post that on uh, the Dynamic Dojo uh, Facebook page. But <laughs> but apparently, Hot Cheetos make the cut into the Smart Snacks standard. Hot Cheetos, really? I don't believe this. Now, because I, I I had to go researching into this, Hot Cheetos, really, and apparently there was a story that was done um, a couple weeks ago on NPR about smart snacks, and uh, I'm, we're just going to take about three minutes and play it, and here it is. It's a blustery afternoon outside of Chicago's Whitney Young High School, where the strict new smart snack standards regulate what's sold in vending machines. The rules have riled up legislators across the nation who think that they make it too hard for schools to raise money. So you may be surprised to find that some of the most popular items still sold are tweaked Pop-Tarts and Flamin' Hot Cheetos. They're good. Like, they just taste delicious. Kashari Norwood is a junior at Whitney Young High School. And, like, I'm a vegetarian, so, like, sometimes I want to just eat something that's good, and I can't even really get that here. Still, these aren't just any Flamin' Hot Cheetos. They're a reformulated version with less fat, less salt, and more whole grains. But is that really what the scientists at the Institute of Medicine had in mind when they wrote the recommendations that would become the Smart Snack Rules? Well, probably not. Virginia Stallings is a professor of pediatrics at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. She chaired the committee that helped make the federal rules. I thought the top sellers might be things that had more nutrients in them than Flaming Hot Cheetos. But let me say one of the things we were absolutely expecting and appreciate was that the food companies would look at these recommendations and they would, in fact, reformulate their products. New York University professor Marion Nessel isn't surprised. She thinks that the rules almost guarantee that you'll end up with processed foods that simply meet certain nutrient targets. If you set up nutrition standards, the food industry can do anything to meet those standards. So this is a better-for-you junk food. And, of course, the question is, is that a good choice? No, of course it's not. When asked to discuss the issue, Cheeto maker Frito-Lay wouldn't grant an interview. Instead, the company wrote, quote, We offer a variety of smart snack-compliant products in schools and portion-controlled sizes to suit a variety of tastes, including reduced-fat, whole-grain-rich, flaming Hot Cheetos. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, which administers the program, said it couldn't comment on the wisdom of Cheeto sales, but that its new standards have already, quote, helped kids across the country eat healthier. Still, it's not just kids who are drawn to the freakishly orange snacks. For cash-strapped school administrators, Cheetos can deliver a lot of green. In Chicago, schools get a 20% commission on all sales. So why not stock this teenage favorite? Because schools have an obligation to teach children how to be successful adults. Rochelle Davis is executive director of Chicago's Healthy Schools campaign. And learning about how to be healthy is a critical part of that. Whitney Young High School junior Paloma Ruiz thinks it would be pointless to take them out of the machines. Because it's really up to, like, 
the kids, you can't really control like what they eat because they, uh, at Whitney Young, like you can still go out for food. So if they even sell it at school, they could still go outside of school and get it. Still, Stalling says she sees the rules as an incremental step towards snacks that may one day feature more fruits, nuts, and whole grains. But in a nation that can't even agree on this step, the Cheetos may remain a staple of the high school experience for some time to come. For NPR News, I'm Monica Ang in Chicago. Hot Cheetos. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. You know, when I was in high school, it was a treat just to have Doritos in there. And then they started putting in apples and, like, packaged carrot sticks, and we were all like, Ugh. <laughs> But, no, I, I, I agree. Smart snacks, smart snacks are, are really cool. I just didn't I, – hot Cheetos – you can imagine me yesterday because I was like, I was homesick anyway. And I'm like, I, I don't believe this. Hot Cheetos, really? I I have to look into this. And I found the story and I went, you got to be kidding. That's awesome. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's it for the health news. Let's move on to weird news. All right. What do we have for weird news? <laughs> Let me find it because, you know, I was texting and driving and shit. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> and I know how you love that when people text and walk in front of you. and Yeah. <laughs> so Arizona man finds gun inside youth golf bag by the Associated Press, March, 8, March 28, 2015 at 1.38 p.m. Head City, Arizona, an Arizona man who bought a used golf bag discovered his purchase was packing more than a set of clubs. Mel Gruing told the Mojave Valley Daily News in Bullhead City on Friday that he found a loaded 22 caliber pistol inside his new bag. Gruing says he spotted the set of uh, Sedona in, in a Sedona thrift store Tuesday and did not go through the bag until the next day. He took the weapon to the Bullhead City Police uh, Department who said it was not registered or reported lost or stolen. Gruing of Bullhead City who is a recreational target shooter, says it's un, it's fortunate a child didn't find the gun. He right. says the Sedona store owner could not remember who brought in the clubs and said that employees usually inspect all items. Dang. I would say somebody probably went in there, was being followed by the cops and dumped it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, can you imagine you buy you go, you go to like Goodwill or whatever, you buy a golf bag, and then you look in the golf bag, and you find a firearm, and you're like, um, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of weird, huh? Wonky. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to entertainment news. Entertainment news exclusive. Of course, I got it from TMZ. Calvin Harris. <laughs> Taylor Swift is is fine, and she's good for business, too. Calvin Harris went from outright rejecting Taylor Swift to embracing her, and several friends tell us there's a business side to his change of heart. Calvin mm-hmm. Taylor now full-on dating, but just months ago, he said he would... Uh, uh, he was left 
swipe her on Tinder. Left swipe her. Oh, I got it. What? Okay, that means delete her. I was I was oh. reading that over and over. What does he mean? Left swipe her on on Tinder. Oh, because oh, yeah, she's Tinder, the opposite Tinder, okay. of my type. Right. So okay. why this change of heart? Our sources who who are or prominent in the DJ world say Calvin got to know Taylor through through the Haim sisters. Taylor's best friend, Calvin and Haim, have hit a song, Pray to God, or have a hit song called Pray to God, that was released earlier this month. He got to know her and liked her, but our sources say Calvin is the best businessman among DJs and knows the cachet of dating the biggest pop star in the world. They believe Calvin has developed success and there's no hard dividing line separating his personal life from his business you know Mm. seeing her growing up i would really worry about dating her because every (laughs) time she's dated somebody she writes a song about their breakup she was dating (laughs) one of the guys from one direction you can see it on the air he was speaking on stage at an award show and she was, and she mouthed the words, literally, shut up. Oh, wow. On national TV about this guy. Dang. That, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, what, dude, watch your back, man. I know, right? Chicks be See, nuts. It's, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> you know what? You may have just gotten upset at what I just said, but you know, you also didn't deny it. No, because chick celebrities, I think, well, not all, but I think that, like, a lot of today's celebrities, both male and female, okay, all act like teenagers. Um, And, you know, I'm going to get some flack for this. I know I will, and I know there's going to be some One Direction lovers out there that will be like, no, they don't. They don't act like immature teenagers. Yes, yes, they do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes, they do. Oh, my goodness. Get a little bit of fame under your belt, and all of a sudden everyone gets entitled. Oh, okay. That's enough of my, that's enough of my ranting on that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Well, let's uh, move on last uh, but not least before we take a short break. Um, I want to get into a little bit of trivia. It's, it's, uh, this is more in the form of did you know. So here we go. All right. Did you know... That most lipsticks contain, get this, fish skin. Fish tail. Don't know why. Now, also, did you know no two cornflakes look the same? Just like snowflakes. <laughs> snowflakes, cornflakes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and how about this one, Bob? Did you know that lemons contain more sugar than strawberries? It's back. It's back. Wow. No, I, I didn't know. know that. I yeah. didn't know the thing about the fish scales. I heard that. I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know that, and that's probably one of the reasons why I don't wear lipstick all that often. <laughs> Does this color of fish scales look good on me? I'll ask you that on Masters Hall of Fame night. <laughs> well, isn't Anyhow, that like one of the only nights in the entire year you wear lipstick? It's well, <laughs> that and anything, anything that I have to look uh, casual, dressy at. We'll figure. Ah. Uh, yeah. Don't like worry, I don't wear lipstick either. Except okay. for the masters. Oh, okay. 
Now, also, did you know that, <laughs> did you know that eight percent of people have an extra rib? An extra rib. And did you know that eighty-five percent of plant life is found in the ocean? And last but not least, folks, did you know that Ralph Lauren's original name was Ralph Lifshitz? Uh-oh, don't tell me we lost you. What? What are you talking about? I'm right here. You completely Hello? faded. I completely faded. I thought faded. my call was going to drop. Okay, yes. I'm going to have to get rid of Facebook. Okay, there we go. I'm getting rid of Facebook. Okay, anyway, last but not least, Ralph Lauren's original name was Ralph Lipschitz. <laughs> wow, I am glad you changed. Can you imagine a designer with the last name of, of Lipschitz? Yeah, that's I guess that's why they called him Ralph Lauren. <laughs> oh my goodness! So anyway, that was some trivia of the week. So let's do this, folks. We're running about fifteen minutes behind with our special guest due to our lovely technical difficulty earlier in the show. Thank goodness it was before we had our guests on, um, and we lost about ten minutes because I had to go in and do everything over again. So anyway, now for our listeners out there that would like to speak to um, our upcoming guest, Master David L. Reed, you can give us a call at 347-677-0699. And later on at about 12.15 or 12.25 or so, we're going to have Master Clark Tang joining us. So again, our phone number is 347-677-0699. Or you can hit our chat board on the Blog Talk Radio Show Marquee. Just uh, go underneath the Blog Talk Radio show marquee, and you'll find a chat board. Uh, don't try to comment on the Facebook post because I won't get it, or I'll get it, but late. So anyway, um, until we get to Master David Reed, let's take a short break for about four minutes, and we'll be right back after this. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, 1 in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, 1 in 68. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You know, a lot of kids in my neighborhood have really bullied me. There's these teenagers around my neighborhood who sometimes just ride around us on their bikes calling calling us swear words and like throwing stuff at us. He grabbed my jacket just to get in line first and he was running after me and then he grabbed me by the hood and I started choking. I wasn't doing anything. He called me gay because he didn't like me. Bullying is wrong because it like hurts people's feelings and it makes you feel bad about yourself. It can make someone feel uncomfortable and scare them and make them not want to go back to school. It lowers their self and it doesn't just always hurt on the outside. It also hurts on the inside. But do you know what I say when he's bothering me? I say, don't do that. If you don't stop, then I'll go tell the teacher. Stop. Could you please not do that anymore? Just stop. Stop bullying. It is not cool.
Hi folks, this is Ristita De Jesus of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, and I just want to send a shout out to a good friend of the Dynamic Dojo show, Mr. Justin Harvey. Now Justin's got two big passions in the world, and those are radio and martial arts. A student of Frank Duke's, Justin is a true student of the arts. Now Justin has cerebral palsy, but that doesn't stop him at all. In fact, If somebody says that something can't be done, Justin will just get out there and do it, no matter what. He's the host of The Justin Harvey Show and has had guests such as Cynthia Rothrock, Frank Dukes, Ernie Reyes Sr. and Jr., Eric Lee, and many more. The Justin Harvey Show is syndicated on iTunes, so what are you waiting for? Go check it out. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Ristita and Robert. And our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And uh, we are all set, finally, to <laughs> to get our special guests on the show. Oh, my goodness. Technical difficulties. Such are the trials and tribulations of live radio. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Sifu Bob, who will introduce our first guest. Hey, you know, David and I, and I met his wife uh, when they unveiled the code at the Martial Arts History Museum. Great people. They've invited me over to the school, and we've actually chewed some of the same dirt, David and I, is that we've both studied JKD in the past. So mm-hmm. please help me welcome Master David L. Reed to the show. David, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. This is great. Thanks for taking the time out of your um, busy schedule. You, you know, to do but David, it really, it really wasn't our idea. You know, your your wife kept elbowing me and <laughs> yeah, I, and put a knife yeah, in my I didn't throat. Know. Sorry, I didn't know. And then all of a sudden, she told me, "Hey, you're going to be on the radio." <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. awesome. And when I asked him to be on the radio, Rosie, I got to tell you, he said, "Email, email his wife because she has a schedule. She knows everything. He does. He knows Jack." Oh, <laughs> that's kind. Of, that's kind of like how you're my schedule person, Bob. I don't know what's going on unless you tell me what's going on. <laughs> oh, like, I know. Oh, yeah, we're we're each other's schedule. But Master Reed, thank you again for joining us and taking the time out of your busy schedule. And uh, what we'd like yeah. to start off with is, um, if it's possible for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your beginnings in the martial arts, that would be great. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay, about 1970, 
when I was about nine or ten years old, I was um, being uh, bullied at school a lot. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm sure a lot of people have the same story. And I lived at that time in Santa Monica, and uh, I uh, started going to the YMCA and taking judo lessons. Mm-hmm. But then uh, when my parents switched schools uh, and had me go to a different school, and then what happened was I got beat up uh, pretty bad a few times to where I had to miss class. You know, I had to miss school. So I met this kid. Uh, his name is Richard Macero. And um, so he jumped in and then and then just beat these guys up, like one, two, three. We were only like fourth grade, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm like where did you learn how to do that? And he says, oh, I train at Chuck Norris's school. So I said, Chuck Norris, who's Chuck Norris? And he said, oh, he has a school over on, on uh, I think it was at the time, Wilshire Boulevard in West L.A. Or Santa mm-hmm. Monica Boulevard. And so so then as time went on, I would take lessons from him. And then I slowly, then I moved to Northern California and I met, a person named Gary who was a who was a, a second degree black belt in taekwondo and some other style of martial arts, and then he started teaching me privates. And then I met an individual who was a JKD instructor in Santa Monica. My parents moved around a lot, so I started training in JKD behind norms <clears throat> over on uh, Lincoln Boulevard. Every night I would go there after school or in the evening, and we would work out. I did that for a few years. And then my parents moved again, and I met Jeff Scott in San Jose, California, where I started training in Tong Sudo. And then I got my black belt in the early 80s, and then I met um, Jung Suk Lee, Master Jung Suk Lee. And I think if you go back in the old uh, black belt magazine, you can see him um, doing the triple kick. He was known for aerial mm-hmm. jump kicks back then. So so then um, um, the unique thing was I was cross-training all the time. MMA to me was, that, that was old news. I, I was always doing two different styles or three different styles. And then what happened was uh, he asked me to come and run a school for him in Hollywood back in the, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And, then, and we made a film called uh, Shadow Dream, which kind of bombed and went straight to video. <laughs> and Aww. then... Uh, yeah, and then and then what happened was I met Grandmaster Hosik Park, and I started working out with him off and on. At the same time, I was training with Chris Kent over in Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chris moved to Pocatello, Idaho, and then I moved back to San Jose, and I had a school up there for a while. And then just kind of, uh, that's kind of what happened. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, I have lots of stories, so it would go on forever and ever, but um, that's basically the, the thing. And then what happened was uh, I eventually moved to Germany. I had met my wife over there, and then I moved to Germany and stayed for three years, and then and then, um, and then then I brought her back here. So oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's Filipino, so. Oh, cool. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you're familiar with Filipino food. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like my favorite. <laughs> Adobo, I love sinigang. Oh, you know that that's that's awesome because I've I've met some people that that can't stand sinigang. They yeah, and for those of the, <laughs> the listeners are like, what the hell is that? <laughs> sinigang is a kind of like a, a, a like a sour savory kind of stew, and it's it's for some people it's an acquired taste. However, I find it very 
Um, I find it very uh, savory and, and very hearty and, and something that's really good for uh, for colds, I think, personally. Uh, oh, that's weird. Somebody hung up. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think Bob... Bob hung up for some reason. I don't I don't know what happened. Hopefully he'll call back. Um he just texted me and he said, I can't hear a thing. And I'm like, Well, Uh-oh. look at that, that's why. <laughs> he kinda <laughs> hung up. Um now I had I had a quick question in regards to Tang Sudo. Um and, and I'm just guessing, I'm just putting it out there 'cause I'm 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 looking in terms of, you know, what um the audience might might be wondering uh, because we do have younger younger people now. Are Taekwondo and Tangsudo the same thing, just named differently, or is there a distinct difference? Okay, basically, in the nineteen, uh, I would say late forties, Tangsudo was what most of the Korean arts were called back then. Mm. And then what happened was they had these. What, you had like five kwan studios, like Muda Kwan, Sangma Kwan, Changma Kwan, Kangma Kwan. Mm-hmm. So they all broke and decided to form a new group called Taekwondo. I think the original mm-hmm. name was Ta- Tai Sudo. And then Grandmaster Hong Ki said, no, I'm not going to change the name. And not only that, I'm going to, um, he made some adjustments and kind of kept it because he was introducing Long Fist Kung Fu and Tai Chi. And, mm-hmm. and so Tang Sudo kind of was the same, but it's separated, whereas if you go to a, a Olympic Taekwondo uh, studio, it doesn't look like what we're doing. We're doing mm-hmm. more traditional, closer. It looks more similar to what the Japanese Shotokan looks mm-hmm. like. And so, but we still keep the traditional um, Korean, um, you know, concepts in terms of the Harang Warrior, eight key concepts mm-hmm. and articles of faith. And Grandmaster Hong Ki was, um, you know, very very uh, dedicated to that. So if you look like we wear midnight blue instead of black belt, mm-hmm. because as he said that black represented death in Korea, whereas midnight blue was a you know was like more of a of a color that was somebody would grow into from a red belt like the summer, and then you you flower mm-hmm. into, and then he uses a red stripe down the middle for master, and they changed their name now the organization they call it Subakdo. Whereas mm. where, where we trained, we actually still keep the original name, Tong Sudo, and it mm-hmm. more closely aligned with what Chuck Norris was doing, I would think. So, oh, that's, 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 yeah. that's wonderful information because, you know, with the, all the names of the Korean arts out there, such as Subakdo and uh, Changmudo and Mudokwan, Taekwondo, you mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of people out there thought that they were completely completely separate, you know, martial yeah. arts kind of, you know what I mean? Um, and so sure. that's interesting. And that's actually news to me as well, you know, Huarongdo yeah, and all most, that. Other. Sure. Most of the grandmasters um, had black belts in Japanese karate. So, you know, I didn't know that when I was first starting, and, and I didn't find that out until later because they never told anybody. And then now it's, it's, you know, you read any magazine, you'll read about how um, they also train in Japan. So you see, you see, then you see the similarities because we do the Pyongan forms, which is with the mm-hmm. same forms that they do in Shotokan. Mm-hmm. You know, but we, we, our only difference is we do the same kicks as Taekwondo. Except mm-hmm. I would say if you watch the way we throw them, we're doing more of a lock kick, a thrust mm-hmm. kick, whereas a lot of the Taekwondo guys do more of a snapping. 
Mm-hmm. But basically exactly the same. All the kicks are basically the same name and everything's the same. But then they do the Palge forms or the Tegook forms where we do, mm-hmm. we still practice the old version, which was the Shotokan and Shonru type forms. Oh, cool. That's that's great history on that. That's that's awesome. That's why I love doing shows like this. I get to learn a little bit every every week from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, there he is. There's Bob. <laughs> Bob is back. Hey, Bob. <laughs> and you did, dude. You dropped out like with a flourish. You went eh, 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 and you dropped out. <laughs> oh no, he's gone. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, so you know uh, what, what about you, Bob? Oh, what's that? I forgot to say, my wife's name is Lady Lillane Reed, and she's the one that, um, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't even be on your show. She's amazing, so. <laughs> Aw. Well, thank you, Ate Lillane. Thank you, Ate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to show Lucia recipes. Anyhow. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be real careful. She's a lot younger than either one of us. <laughs> oh, so I shouldn't call her Ate. So, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do not call that lady Ate. Do not call her Ate, no. Oh, <laughs> no. okay. I guess I would be the one to be called Ate. Oh, that that just made me feel old. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, well, remember, I I should be calling you Ate. Um. <laughs> yeah, right. Please, uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so, I'm going so to give the mic to Bob. <laughs> uh, okay. Because I missed so much of it at that point. Uh, do you mix any of the Jeet Kune Do with the uh, Tang Soo Do? Uh, yes. Okay, and, and you also separate of course. Yeah, what I do is I start the students out in Tang Soo Do and I, and I wait to, let's say, advanced level, and then start incorporating it into the sparring. So most, because JKD is a practical application, you know, it's direct. So most mm-hmm. of it's for like a street fighting situation where you're using economy of movement. So for for them, you know, I just start teaching them how to spar and how to use it and incorporate it. And that way, it's quite funny because a lot of them, the, I get black belts who come from Tang Soo Do and they'll say, well, you know, I, I want to learn it because I'm 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 losing or I'm getting beat up in a tournament or whatever, and then I just teach them how to incorporate the techniques and use it in however they however they want to. If they want to use it in just sparring class or as a self defense on the street, and it it can be um, JKD is very direct. So, you know, if somebody is attacking a woman, let's say on the street, the traditional Tang Soo Do technique might be like a joint lock. And then mm-hmm. the spinning kick, JKD just goes straight for the eye. Groin kick, mm-hmm. eye poke, you know, it's just direct. So okay. I hope I answered. Exactly. You, well, <laughs> and, and you know the, the old adage, David, those who hit first hit last. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why the JKD approach is so effective because they just go for the hit. Now, one thing Burt Richardson said that always stuck with me because he was teaching a trapping video. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're doing trapping, you get lost in the trapping. You, right, trap yeah. things, you try to trap things that aren't even there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you always, you're, you're if you get lost in trapping, you're losing the hitting ability. 
You're not mm-hmm. going for the hit. You're going. You're you're seeking the trap out. Right. Mm-hmm. And besides, yeah. and what Paul Zunak told me one time is, is uh, that trapping is accidental. It's yeah. Not incidental. <laughs> you can't make it happen. If you get a trap in, you were really lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you also incorporate uh, the old JKD drills as well, the, the trapping, the, the lop sound, the pox sound? Yeah. And, exactly. Oh, you do good. Do, yes, yes. We incorporate all those, and then I teach them. And what what kind of happens is um, in Tong Sudosi, we I teach all the basic kicks, all the basic blocks. So you know any Japanese karate blocking. But what happens is whenever I get students who train in traditional karate, most of the time they're blocking with their front hand. In JKD, we teach to block with the backhand as well and then use your front hand as your weapon. Whereas, And then also you might attack their arm or their leg when they're going to kick or punch you. So, so it's a little different. So, you know, if you're sparring somebody and all of a sudden they start banging on your arm or your leg, you're like, what are you doing? That's JKD. You just you just attack whatever is your closest target. Just just go for it. <laughs> now, what do you feel? Do you feel that that some things have been lost uh, because you've been around a long time? We we all three of us online have been around a long time. Do you think mm-hmm. the martial arts have been convoluted? Convoluted at, at all? Well, okay. Well, basically, I, it's funny that you're saying that because. Um, if if you look at the traditional Japanese uh, forms, like uh, like the Nahianchi forms, where you're doing the, they do the, they call it the horse form, mm-hmm. all of those moves have joint locks in them, and and some of the forms even have movements to block weapons. So so then it makes you realize that the masters that created these forms were cross training in weapons and mm-hmm. throws and joint locks as well as kicks and punches. So MMA is not new. Nothing, you know, it's always evolving. Martial arts is evolving. If it stays stagnant, then it just becomes a bunch. It's just dance moves, then, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're not really. And and so my whole thing is, I also teach Tai Chi, and we teach Qigong and Shibashi, so I incorporate that as well, because, like you're saying, in the '70s, you would go to a school, and they only said they teach one style. And that's all you learned with that one system. But before, a long time ago, if you look in Shaolin Kung Fu or whatever, they learned m- multiple styles, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're kind of going. It's like going in a circle. We're coming back to that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I do feel that some of the arts um, kind of get lost. Like there's too much in. They're not looking at the practical applications of the movements. Why are you doing these techniques? So, like, for instance, when I teach Tai Chi, I teach also the self-defense, mm-hmm. how to use the techniques on the street. When I learned Tai Chi, nobody taught me that. They just said, do the movement and don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that how you learned Tai Chi, people, Rusty? No, actually, uh, Grandmaster Chen, he taught both. He used to tell us that unless you learn both sides, you're not learning Tai Chi. Uh, you're just learning either, you know, if you just do the the kin, if you just do the form, then you're just dancing around with no understanding. You're just, you know, it's like chore- choreography. But if all you do is fight and don't n- don't understand the principles of Tai Chi, like the 10 principles, 
then you're just basically an ass kicker. So, you know, mm-hmm. he tried to t- teach us that balance of, you know, the yin and yang type of type of thing in uh, in Tai Chi. And uh, I do the same thing, Master Reed, as I teach the uh, the the fighting applications too. And it and it surprises me sometimes that 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 people are so surprised that it's mm-hmm. uh, that it's a fighting art. And it, it and it's 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 been kind of like a a, a long running joke between me and Sifu Bob that uh, you know that people think that Tai Chi is just a dance. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. And it's so good to meet other people that teach uh, the fighting applications of Tai Chi as well as the art in a a wonderful balance. So it's it's always always nice to meet people that do that. So yay. (laughs) Awesome. Very cool. Well, Um, well, uh, David, like the second time Rusty and I were together, you know, I hadn't done pushing pushing hands, pushing hands a long time. And... We went, and this was the coolest thing I'd ever done without skipping a beat. We went from pushing hands to T-South to lop south to some good team drills because she's already, she, cause she also studies uh, uh, a scream as well. And, and we just flowed. It was the greatest, greatest experience I've ever had. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's cool stuff like that, that that just reinforces the fact that, you know, all of the arts have a common thread. Um, like Master Reed said, you know, people were cross-training all the time. And, you know, even in Tai Chi, you know, uh, people were cross-training all the time. And, you know, that's why we've got different styles of Tai Chi and and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's um, it's not uncommon for Tai Chi players to trap or throw or sweep or strike or kick. Um, in fact, uh, one of my other teachers said that if you put every martial art in a big arena, I think it was Sifu Altakaskas that said this, if you put every, uh, if you put a representative of every martial art in the same uniform and put them in an arena and flew over in a helicopter and had them just practice their fighting applications, you would swear they were all doing the same thing. <laughs> it's the context of what people are uh the context of the art that that is what most people um uh, see as opposed to the inherent applications. So wow, pretty cool stuff. Now, just out of curiosity, Master Reed, what what styles of tai chi and uh qigong do you do you teach? Okay, we so we did yang style, yang style mm-hmm. tai chi. And then uh, the shibashi, it's oh, cool. uh, eighteen, and then and we also do eighteen brocade, which is oh, awesome. popular in Tong Sudo. Believe it or not, um, it's funny because uh, I started seeing it in Tong Sudo people doing it, and that's because mm-hmm. Grandmaster Hong Ki, who founded the Budokan, was also trained in Tai Chi in China, and then mm. he learned that there. So that's why you're seeing it in some of the Korean systems, but. You know, I'm sure they had it there way before. It's just the the problems they had with the uh, occupation of the Japanese during mm-hmm. the turn of the century back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so basically, what I do is I'll do the Tai Chi form, and then Lady will come in, and then she will do the Shibashi class. And now we're doing also uh, we call it Rama Yoga, which is a combination mm-hmm. of of the breathing techniques combined with stretching. Oh, cool. Yeah, we do that on Saturdays. 
Awesome. And uh, for our listeners out there, if you're ever in the uh, – I'm trying to remember where your school is. Northridge. Northridge. Okay. (laughs) If if (laughs) any of our listeners are ever in that area um, that are interested in doing – uh, tai Chi. I'm I'm just going off of your website here. See if I read this right. They, uh, you guys do Tai Chi at Tarzana Park, or am I reading that wrong? Yeah, we do that okay. on Friday morning because of one of my students. Um, he couldn't. He, you know, with kids in the morning, he, he has to take his daughter to school, so he mm-hmm. has to teach me at Tarzana Park at eight thirty in the morning. And I said, Yeah, sure. So. We on Friday morning we go there, and then on Saturday morning we have it at the at the studio. Oh, cool! Okay, yeah. so Tarzana Park in Northridge and uh, um, Master Reed's Actually, school. Actually, Tarzana is... Park is in yeah. Tarzana Park's in Tarzana, and then and then oh, the Northridge okay. School. Yeah. Okay. And the Northridge school. Mm-hmm. The Northridge school is uh, that's the one at the address eighty eight oh one. Rosita yes. Boulevard, Sweet E, okay. Yes. So 8801 Rosita Boulevard, you guys, Sweet E, go check it out. It's next to Bob. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought you were sort of flirting with David because you said his unit number so fast, it sounded like Sweet E. <laughs> Sweet E. <laughs> Thank you for taking a breath that time. Uh, you know, and, so are you and Lady sort of, Sharing the teaching responsibilities at your school. Uh, okay, what what it is? Well, let me give you. I have to go back into my history. Okay, what happened was I used to work for the phone company, and I fell off a roof, and oh. I damaged my back. So I have this thing called a cage, and I have a new hip, and I also have problems with my knee. Now I can still do the moves, but I if I you know how I'm kind of like if I go all out, then I get in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I did was I made the, the we made the school, but it's in her name. She's the owner. Mm. She she runs it, and then I just kind of coach her and and help everyone. You know what I mean? That mm. way, because that way it keeps it keeps me safe, and because I have physical problems, but I can still do the movements. I can still kick, but I just can't do like I used to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not supposed to jump. I'm not supposed to do, you know. Besides, you know, now I just, you know, how it is. If you, if your body is telling you no, don't do this, you probably should listen. <laughs> I, I need to listen I'm, to my body a little bit more. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to be jumping either. But <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, now, um, it's my understanding that uh, Sifu Robert had nominated you for the Masters Hall of Fame. And, yes. uh Yeah. What was what was your reaction when you got the notice from the Masters Hall of Fame uh, Board of Directors? Well, I thought to myself, first off, I thought there are a lot of other people who are way, 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 way more advanced than me and who are who are well-known throughout the world and, you know, I'm I've always been, you know, you guys don't know me that well, but I'm not a tournament person. In other words, I don't go to tournaments and compete. I've only, I did a few tournaments when I was younger, but I didn't like them because what happened was I'll just give you background. I went to a tournament and I was like a green belt and I got beat up and I lost the tournament. And then I went to work that night and I got attacked at my job and I put the guy in the hospital, or knocked him unconscious, you know. 
And so I was like, well, to me, tournaments, you know, I, I got disqualified because of excessive contact. <laughs> but, you know, cause you're only supposed to tap the person, you know. So I was like, you know, I was all bloody. I went to one of the Tongzido tournaments. So, so this, like no hand and foot gear was allowed back then. You just went bare knuckle. So I had mm-hmm. my sternum broke. I had my I, to me, see, tournament was just like trying to swim on concrete. Right. So, so, so then anyway, so I'm just kind of. What happened was, I never felt like uh, I was like a celebrity in the martial arts because there's a lot of guys out there that they're big tournaments, they have lots of trophies, and that's fine. That that's great for them. But that's not where I come from. I did it. I do martial arts now just to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and help them center themselves and find out what their calling is. And so when he asked me, I thought, well, that's a big honor. It's fantastic. But at the same time, it's really about my students and the people that help me. Because without mm-hmm. them, I wouldn't be anywhere. So, so I was very honored that he that he uh, nominated me. Thanks, mm-hmm. Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Uh, we we do have somebody online that wants to say hello to everybody, though. Okay. Okay. Let, let's bring them on. Uh, Alan, are you with us? Yeah, guys. Hey, what's everybody doing? It's Alan Woodman. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Yes. I, hey, I, I saw that I saw who was on your show today, Sifu uh, Clark Tang. I guess I'll be coming on a little bit, and of course, Master mm-hmm. David Reed, and uh, and wonderful wife, Lady. Um, that. Two of the nicest people you'll ever want to meet, um, you know, are, are the Reeds. They're fantastic people and good martial artists. And, uh, of course, so is Sifu Park Tang. Uh, Rusty's pretty good. Uh, I don't know about Bob yet, but, you know, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Bite me, Alan. <laughs> no, Bob, Bob's right up there. Bob's right up there. I'm actually calling... From the road, on my way to Texas. We're in Arizona now. Uh, I've got a big month-long tour going on. And I'll actually be going to uh, a couple of things to those schools in Dallas and New Orleans. So, you know, great people. Very cool, man. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you have a safe trip, Alan, and thank you so much for calling in. We always look forward to talking to you. You know, I I agree completely with what uh, Master Reed was saying earlier about you know that uh, where where Tang Sudo comes from, and you know, kind of keeping it real and and on point there. You know, a lot of people don't understand that the Japanese uh, invaded and and took over uh, Korea back in 1918, and for 36 years, the only martial arts that were allowed to be taught were the Japanese arts, and that's why a lot of the Korean arts, like Tang Sudo and Taekwondo developed the, the basic forms that you see, the first four, five, six forms that you'll see in these arts are pro- developed from Shotokan. That's because that's what they had access to. And if you mm-hmm. can imagine, 36 years, a lot of people don't realize how long 36 years is, but, you know, if there was, let's look at it this way, if there was a master and he was in his 50s and 60s at, in 1918 when, when they came in and invaded and controlled uh, Korea, um, mm-hmm. You know, he'd be into his 90, uh, even 100 years old. But, you know, by the time it was that the ban was, was uh, released. So, you know, they, they had to get it from somewhere. And uh, so they, that's why that's why there is that 
that centralized kind of Shotokan feel in a lot of the arts is because that's where they that's where they got to keep you know some of their foundations of which where they could train with which was in Shotokan at the time. So uh, it's great that he mentioned that and you know uh, thanks to those a great artist. Very cool. Thanks, Alan. Oh, no problem, guys. I'm gonna let you guys go before I lose. We're going through some hills and stuff. I did just want to call in and say uh, hello to everybody, and uh, y'all be good and peace. Cecil uh, Clark King, when he calls in, tell him I said hello. And sorry, I missed. Will do. Will do, and, and you drive safe. Yeah, All right. I'm trying to. <laughs> drive safe. Bye bye now. <laughs> that was cool for Sheehan Allen to call in. <laughs> That's awesome. That was very cool. Very awesome. Um, and uh, stay tuned, folks, because um, in a few minutes we'll have uh, Sifu Clark Tang joining us. We're just waiting for him to waiting yeah. for him to call in. Um, and I was gonna make a, a, a comment about uh, about the uh, the the nomination process. Um, I know Sifu Bob, and I know Sifu Bob only looks for inductees that make a difference in the community uh, because our, our our motto in the Masters Hall of Fame is recognizing excellence in the martial arts. And it doesn't necessarily mean that someone has to be a, a tournament winner or a martial arts action star or anything like that. What counts for at least me and Bob is that people are making a difference and, and showing a true love of the art and passing it on to people that want to learn and, uh, and Sifu Bob saw that in you, and uh, mm. that's why every every person that Sifu Bob puts out uh, as a uh, inductee, you know, I'm I'm always about hey, can we have those those people on the show? Because you know, I know Sifu Bob's you know always looking for the for the best examples uh, mm. for martial arts as as teachers and as uh, holders of the art. So. Anyhow, congratulations on your nomination. Thank you. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Um, and yeah. I think if you'd like to stay on the line, Master Reed, we're going to sure. have uh, Sifu Clark Tang and um, joining us, and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, have a, a bigger powwow here. So okay. I think we have Master Master Clark on the line. So Sifu Bob, if you could do the honors of introducing our next guest. I would, I would, and I do well, this is Sifu Clark, because we have no idea who's calling in right now. Uh, we met, I was at his grand opening in Signal Hill. Sifu Clark. Ah. Oh, I hi, Bob. Rusty. It's Michael, Michael Matsuda from the Martial Arts History Museum. Oh, Clark hey, told me to call well. ahead of time before he comes on. <laughs> oh, hey, how are you? I'm like, who's there? You could 818. <laughs> I'm killing time for Clark. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Awesome. Very cool. Thanks for calling. Whoa. Oh, yeah, it's I a wonderful did... show. Wonderful what you guys are doing. Uh, my blessings to everything you're doing and bringing out uh, the martial arts and radio. It's wonderful. Just wonderful. Oh, mm. awesome. Thank you, Michael. That means a lot coming from you. Um, I just got a uh, uh, an email from Master Clark. Apparently, he was supposed to send me something via email. And uh, I tried I, I tried to contact him and let him know that we're running a little bit late <laughs> due to technical difficulties, but uh, but uh, it's so it's it's okay if he calls in late. But oh my oh my goodness! So well, I'll kill some time for him. How's that? Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> great. great, excellent. 
I've never been on the show, so my first time. Oh. What? Wait. Okay, so Bob. First time caller. Look at that. First time um, caller. You've got, well, yeah. he's always at the museum, and he's got class at showtime. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. Your prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody should know that Dynamic Talk Radio has a booth at Dragon Fest. It's going to be amazing. It's always amazing. We're so glad and privileged to have you guys there. It's going to be a blast this year. Oh, we had so much fun last year, and it was so busy. We met so many good people. Oh, we're going to have a lot more this year. So uh, this way, you know, last year we only had a couple months a head start on it. But this year, you know, we've had uh, most of the year to already plug it and get a lot of people interested. And I think we'll uh, hit about the 2000 mark this year, which will be very nice. Yeah, not a lot of people know you threw that entire event together in three months. Yeah, I did. Wow. Crazy, huh? Yeah. That was insane. <laughs> Jeez. Now, tell us about the honor awards. You're only doing the honor awards every other year now. Yeah, yeah. We're putting it aside right now because we're just so swamped. Uh, We are doing a lot of honoring people at the museum, and that's kind of taking a lot of our time. And, you know, a lot of the martial arts are getting older, so I want to make sure we capitalize and make sure we get a lot of those people in, uh, you know, before anything happens to them. So I think it's uh, right now we'll just push that. Very cool. You know, last night was great. I was talking about John Corker night. And I, I, it was funny because I was thinking if you ever asked me to do an honor night honoring me, I would do the same thing. I would have like Rusty and my buddy Greg, all these people that wouldn't be able to make it send videos, just like he did. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that! I'd find a way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and the people that showed up last night were amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was a blast. We had everybody there, so it's just really nice, you know, Benny and you know, Ernie Reyes surprised uh, John. That was really nice and uh, you know, this gives us a wonderful opportunity to bring in all these icons and martial arts pioneers all together in one place so the museum can do that, and which is great. I love having those honor events and uh you know, everybody has a lot of fun and the honoree gets really touched. We only had one person crying, but uh, we, you know, usually we get more crying. <laughs> it's a really touching event, you know, and I just uh, very happy it to is. throw it. It is. We had a few musicians. You know, huh. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was talking about uh, we're having the, you know what uh, Cecil People's Day and Don Baird Day. Uh, who else we got coming up? Uh, we have Don Wilson Day coming up. We haven't scheduled him yet. I know he's shooting in the in Manila right now. Right. And uh, we have uh, um, Day Brigette Day and uh, a few other people's days. I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, we got pretty much lined up for most of the year, which would be nice. Cool. Now, I got a question for David, because this is where we met. How did you know about the uh, Martial Arts History Museum, David? Oh, um, what happened was Master Frank Marquez, um, I met him through one of my uh, students, Chuck Yarborough, who is, um, works at Disney Studios, and he I told know me Chuck. that. Yeah, and he told me Frank was uh, going to have Master Marquez was going to have be nominated, and um, plus I also went to uh, one of his events where his promotions for his students, and one of the nicest people and very gracious guy. I mean, he's just oh, amazing. Yeah. And talk about helping the community. I was just amazed at what this guy does. But 
and so and then and then I met Master Michael Masuda, and I was like, "Wow, this place is fantastic." It was kind of like a dream come true because you walk in there and you see stuff that since I was a kid, you know, I'm like, it's like fantasy land for me. You know, it's like here's Cato's uh, mask and you know David Carradine's jacket. I was thinking they need to like have better security here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have on guard so for there 24 hours, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, I tell people when they come. Excuse me, thank you, uh, David, and I go uh, back a little bit, so it's wonderful to see yeah. hear David again. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, people come in and and people always say, "Aren't you afraid of someone stealing it, something?" And I said. You know, this is a martial art museum, right? <laughs> I mean, we're surrounded by black belts all the time. <laughs> they're going to lock the door. They're not going to let you out. And they're not, <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to let you out. That's the thing. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, let's do this since we have everyone on the line. We can make this a big powwow. Um, I'll bring the mic over to Sifu Bob. And Sifu Bob, if you can introduce our next guest, that would be great. Well, I'm going to let you guys go. Unfortunately, guys, I've got people here, so I'm going to say thank you for everything. I'll let Clark take over. And you guys, thank you so much for everything. Thank Thank you, Michael. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Bye. That was Michael Matka of the Martial Arts History Museum. I have supported our next guest. I went to his grand opening. Uh, he asked uh, the Martial Arts History Museum to throw a day for his instructor. Please help me welcome to the show, Master Sifu Clark Tang to the show. Welcome, Clark. Oh. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much. This is my first time on the radio, so um, I'm not so sure what am I doing. I hope I'm going, not uh, doing anything. I don't know if you guys can hear me or what. <laughs> oh, we can hear you fine. We, we can, can hear you, you fine. You know what? Seafood, don't worry about it. We don't know what we're doing either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think that's a good thing. Sometimes yeah. we know too much. It's not that great. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you again. Um, I really appreciate all of you, um, all of you, because I know it's all passion. I know because... Mm-hmm. Before I know, I say, okay, I have passion martial art, but now I starting into the martial art. There's a plenty of work, hard work, and you know what? With our passion, it would dry out a long time ago. I can say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, uh, Sifu Clark, can you uh, yes. start off our can you start off our listeners by telling us a little bit about how you got started into the martial arts? Yes. Uh, definitely. Again, my name is Clark Tang. Um, I start off, um, first, I didn't know what martial art, this is way back, we're talking about four or five years old, when mm-hmm. I first started to, into martial art. Uh, my aunt used to own a restaurant close to the Chinese theater. This is way back in uh, another country. For some reason, as I remember, um, I somehow, I snuck it into the theater and there I was watching Master Tilong and uh, with uh, Master David Chung, his movie and oh boy, from there on, you know what? My life has changed completely. 
When I went back home, all I do is martial art thing, you know, all that, you know. And and then my aunt taught me to put it in to different martial art. I didn't know. I just go on and on and on. I took kickboxing. I took uh, American Kenpo, Taekwondo, a lot of things. But I knew I wanted to take Wing Chun. I know that. But this is way back in Long Beach. You were talking about 1980 to 1990. There was no Wing Chun here. Unfortunately, later on, I got to Wing Chun, and I was so happy. And uh, and this is where it all began, yes. Wow, very cool. Very cool. Now, what, tell us about your lineage, about your teachers, because you probably had several. Uh, where did that, that begin? Okay, now, now American Temple, I got a whole list. Um, Taekwondo, I got, well, let's focus on a Wing Chun only. Okay. <laughs> Since 1980, <laughs> after I got received my black belt with uh, my Lama Kenpo Karate with my uh, Sifu Thomas Martin, he's right now he's a LA Sheriff trainer right now. Um, I think Master Robert, you met him during the grand opening. I yeah, he was a big guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Very nice guy. Oh my God, he's solid, the meanest, the the worst killer ever, but the nicest guy ever. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, I've been with him many years before I started, but he knew that I love Wing Chun, and he wouldn't stop me on that. But 19, mm-hmm. first I start uh, a local martial arts school here in Long Beach. They said they do Wing Chun, but actually they didn't. They thought I was a kid. Oh, he didn't know what a Wing Chun, a different Wing Chun. When I went there, so they start teaching different. I said, well, I want Wing Chun. So... I look, 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 and then I found my first seafood in Fountain Valley, which is about 20 minutes from Long Beach. Now, my first seafood is uh, seafood Donald Fling. It was not Yip Man uh, lineage at all. It was Chan Wasun lineage, which is Chan Wasun is a teacher of grandmaster Yip Man. So, um, so it is a different. So my that's my first Sifu, and then after that, I went to stu- uh, study under uh, Sifu Jerry McKinley. Mm-hmm. That under um, Grandma Yipman, and the rest is all under Grandma Yipman. Now Sifu Jerry McKinley is the one who trained Nicholas Cage. If you see his movie Bangkok mm-hmm. Dangerous, mm-hmm. so I thought Winston there. So I went back and searched and. A lot of my uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu brothers say, hey, remember these people went over there and taught him, you know, to private lesson. I said, oh, I didn't know that. I forgot. And then later on, I have a couple more. Sifu, Sifu in uh, L.A. here, Sifu Franco Long, which is he came from Hong Kong, until about a couple years uh, before the school here, I met Sifu Grandmaster Long. Mm-hmm. And Sifu Grandma Zawang is a very special person to me. <laughs> As mm-hmm. you know, uh, Master Robert Dell, I, I, ha- I had to be emotional a little bit, right, in the grand opening. Even right now, if I talk uh, about him, I still have a, a little emotional for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I met him through another person. Uh, we went to Hong Kong. We were, uh, you know, explore the martial art. I want to get more deeper. Um because my first Sifu, Sifu Don Fling, he's getting old and 
he was sick and over and over because he was teaching a very traditional, very hardcore, I mean, you're talking about really, really hardcore and really strict. So he didn't have a lot of students. After right now, I mean, that people that really contact him, about two or three people, that was it. That's including myself. And mm-hmm. he said, hey, you know what, Clark? My my day is almost over, and I know you always want to, you're passionate about Wing Chun, and you want to start teaching, but um, I would never want to start to teach unless I get blessing from my people. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know what, it is time right now. And he asked me one question before this all started. He said, Clark, do you have a heart of an ocean? And I didn't understand him. What was that, Sifu? Well, if you become a teacher, you have to have a heart of ocean. I mean, you it's not mm-hmm. a martial art. It's all these people you have to come in and uh, deal with, right? Mm-hmm. And then I understood that. And then uh, later on, I got into it because of my background in social services. So I, I deal with a lot of people. That would help me a lot, you know. So I did start my school there, and I didn't even know the name of the school, I said, Sifu, uh, what name should I do? He said, hey, you know what? This, it's your thing. You are your school. You do whatever you want. I cannot help you on this one. <laughs> and I remember my childhood dream was always to to go to Shaolin. Mm-hmm. After I met Master Long there, I always asked my grandmother, said, can I go to Shaolin? I always go to Shaolin, right? <laughs> and I study Shaolin. I read a lot of uh, books, a lot of Shaolin, and, you know, all of that, and and then I said, you know what? Since uh, Wing Chun was was came out from Shaolin with mm. uh, with a nun, her name was Abbas uh, Mui. I said, mm-hmm. the only right thing to do for me is for that moment I got some sort of inspiration. It came to me, it's like Wing Chun Temple, Wing Chun Temple. I said, oh, my God. I think I got it. See, before I called back, he was so, hey, there you are. <laughs> so I started, <laughs> and I start as a, actually, it's a backyard because this is 2008. A lot of people here, a lot of my friends, they know that I do Wing Chun, you know, that uh, even though only a few that knows. When the movie start, 2008 start, they came to me. They said, hey, you know what? We want to know Wing Chun. Let's, could we start us something? So we start in uh, my, my friend's backyard. He had a big home. Mm-hmm. So we start there, and then um, there's a lot of people in and out of his home. So I met my American Kenpo Kung Fu uh, Karate brother there. And then he asked me, hey, I have studio if you want to, you know, Put uh, come in, select time, it work out, hey, fine. So I did that about almost a year before we started school here. So when I went there, and a lot of people that came in and interested in martial, I mean, Wing Chun especially, asked him, asked him, and, you know, this is his full-time business, so he, he feel like, sort of like uneasy a little bit, mm-hmm. I can see in his face. So I asked him, hey, you know, could I bring a wooden dummy in? Could I bring in? He said, no, no, you can't. <laughs> so and then I said, you know what? Oh. And then I met Jennifer. I met all 
uh, people here together, and it's Chief Graham, Mr. Wong, and all that. And um, they were they were thinking about you know because of Sifu Grandma Sawong, see nobody knew him before. You know that. I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. here. I mean, you know everybody know Wong Shang Leung, everybody know Bruce Lee, no other lineage. But Sifu Grandma Sawong, I mean he's he's the same uh, generation as uh, Master Bruce Lee. He even started training with Grandma Yipman before. Uh, Master Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. So he is a Si Hing to Master Bruce Lee. He mm-hmm. was invited by Grandmaster uh, Wang Shang Lu. And from there on, he, he never stopped learning. He followed uh, Grandmaster Yip Man. And every time he shared about his Sifu, Grandmaster Yip Man, he had some sort of emotional too, you know that. And I think this is the true Wing Chun is to be to be love and kind as much you can, you know that, mm-hmm. and be the worst as anything. It, it could be turning around. So, mm-hmm. um, so and then um, they start. They want to start Wong Long, and I have Wing Chun Temple here, and they do want it all the the student uh, thinking about that. And then they asked everybody to do it, and then they said, oh, I, his name is so big, I cannot. Because most of them, they start this martial art, what, about two, three years, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And um, so they asked me, I said, hey, you know what, why not? Um, if uh, if I can be here, he take me as a disciple. And Wing Chun, they're, they're pretty much almost the same, right? The only difference is how his perspective and I believe that uh, Sifu Grandma Sawong and myself, we, I talked to him, and then there's a, there's a lot of stuff. We, we, we talk about bridging concept. And I, I, and my ideal of Wing Chun the same way. If you can hit one hit, destroy your target, why do anything else? Mm-hmm. So, and when I studied my, with my first Sifu, we were very much get into that concept, the bridging. The bridging almost the same as Jeet Kundo, almost the same as intercepting your fists. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you intercept something coming in and hit the target at the same time, you see that you're shooting two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Where other martial uh, Wing Chun also they do because uh, they don't do that because of their, their structure is too small. I would say, mm-hmm. you cannot overpower somebody with a bridging concept when you are uh, small in stature. So mm-hmm. Sifu, Grandma Wong, and I, we were, we were you like Master Robert Dell. I mean, you met him, right? He's a very strong guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you even touched his hand, too. I thought, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lucky so, lucky Bob. <laughs> yes. My God, uh, the only person that hit my arm and my legs bruises would be Sifu Grandma Sawong. My God, like my hand, I can touch anybody. You know what? I'm, I'm okay. But with him, oh, I get hurt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, get a story short with uh, Sifu Grandma Sawong is that uh, so they they want me to 
put Wing Chun Temple and then um, him, and he, I told him my my martial art background, my passion and all that, and Sifu Grandma's Wong, would, he just loved it. He said, oh, my God. Yeah, Wing Chun Temple is good. It's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then everybody, they decided, uh, so Sifu Grandma's Wong took me as his disciple, and I went back to Hong Kong, trained with him. Even though there's Wing Chun, but there's a certain uh, perspective of his Wing Chun, which is this is his interpretation of Wing Chun. It has to be Sifu Grandma's Wong Long. You know what I mean? Um, as you know, that all Wing Chun practitioner overall they are the same, but if you look a little bit further, more detail, there's a little bit different of interpretation. Mm-hmm if that ever making any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so he took me as a, the disciple, and we hear, uh, so we're not only Wing Chun Temple, but also Wong Long Wing Chun, which is to me, um, is a very honor. But uh, there are other Sifu approach, uh, other Sifu approach me also to you sort of like, you know, hey, why don't you put my lineage or whatever, right? And I was uh, on my mind, I sort of have, some sort of, uh, I didn't care about any lineage. I think it just, all it is, is just like, if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. I mean, that's period. But with Sifu Grandma's Wong, there's something special about him. Now, this is uh, how I met him. That's why I am so emotional every time I talk to, uh, talk to, uh, you know, about him to anyone. When I met him, before I met him, uh, because of there are a few group of people that have that misconception about him, he thought, oh, they talk about they talk really a little bit bad about him, right? Mm-hmm. But when I met him, right, so we started practice together, everything, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody, okay, it's time, it's ready to go, guys. Uh, let's go. So mm-hmm. everybody tried to grab their backpack, everything wanted to exit out, right? But you know what? Sifu Grandma Sawong, what he did, what he did was, he went around to check see everybody taking all their things. They said, "Oh, sometimes," and I said, "Oh, Grandma, so what are you doing?" He said, "Well, you know, sometimes people forget their cell phone, whatever you want to check." And you know what? At the end, he went took a, a broom and a mop, start mopping. Mm. That's when I. I cry inside myself. I say, my God, um, he's a grandmaster, right? Mm-hmm. He did such a lowly things at all. Mm-hmm. And I remember my sister was telling me, he said, you know what? If you ever meet a, ma- a master, a true master, you will see that he starts sweeping. That is the highest um, martial art form ever. And that moment, I, I said, oh, my God, I met the master, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, on that time, my mind was thinking back because I'm a Christian background. I was thinking about, oh my God, this is the same thing as Jesus. When the disciple asked him to wash his feet, mm-hmm. and Jesus said, no, it is I that washed mm-hmm. his feet. And I think... Being in a martial art world, we are the hero, but we are the silent hero. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. 
And that's what I... And when I heard, I said, oh, my God, to be on the Sifu Grandma's wall, my prayer had been answered. So, so that's why I said Sifu Grandma's wall is a very special person to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, I get a little bit wow. emotional. <laughs> then that's every okay. Time I about it, that's okay. That's okay. So every because... time I talk about it, a little bit. But anyway, okay. um, you have to understand, Wing Chun is a, created by a woman, so I'm, I am okay to be emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it also takes a true master that is not afraid. Yeah. Doing, you know, like a lowly job of like sweeping or mopping yes. the floor, right? To yes. to set that example, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's 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 something that, and that's something that's missing in a lot of martial right. arts today. You know, you get like yeah. a lot of people that that yeah. oh look at me, I'm black belt or self proclaimed master. Yeah. Yeah. Real masters are the ones that we don't even know are master, and yeah. so yeah, so it's I, I would get. I I would get emotional too. <laughs> I would too. Um, you know what? You gotta meet him. You know he. You don't have really talked to him, Mike, but it's it's within his presence. It just it's just that feeling. You know, beautiful uh-huh. feeling. Yeah, Master uh, Rob Bedell. You know, you met him, right? Yeah, yes. Oh yeah. Uh, a warm person and my God, just the most humble. I never met anyone like that. Yeah, he's awesome. very humble. Didn't speak a word of English, but knew how to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A few, like, you know what? He can crack a joke better than me in English. Certain <laughs> 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 uh, say, uh, you know, I'm I'm a joker. You know, like in a in the group, I start joking, joking. Oh, this is so funny. Uh, when I went there and practiced, I started talking about, oh, because he knew Master Bruce Lee. They used to went to school together and all that, right? I always asked him, oh, Grandma said, what about Bruce Lee? There's about Bruce Lee. I asked him. He answered and answered. And then we get, and when he gets tired, he goes, uh, I am tired. Bruce Lee already died. I am still here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody started laughing in the room and uh, I said oh okay uh, he said that's Xiu Long Xiu Long that means little dragon he said mm-hmm. oh no I am Tai Long Tai Long means uh, big dragon big dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a joke he always <laughs> he always um, so cool. you know, crack like that and with him my god I mean you can trust him, I think, because of uh, martial art or I want I, I I just don't want to say it is Wing Chun or whatever. You know, to me, martial art is martial art. It's just a different way of speaking. You know what I mean? The bottom line is how we express ourselves, and that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. To not any other style or system better than another. No, it's not that. I think it coming down is to the character that really you understand or not, you don't talk about. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, let's see. Sivu Bob, do you have any other questions? 
other questions for Sifu Clark or Master David? Do you have any questions for Sifu Clark? <laughs> no, I I would love to come down to your uh, temple and uh, and uh, work out with you. <laughs> it would be amazing. Yeah, come by and anytime or anything at all, you know, anytime you're welcome. Thank you. By the way, it's a temple. It's a mm-hmm. temple. It's a public place. If anybody can come in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> and, um, now, now, Sifu, yeah. I, I have a, I have a quick question. Now, when you yeah. were studying yeah. Wing Chun, um, yeah. did you have it as part of your dream to to pass on the art as a Sifu in in uh, yourself? Uh. You know, it came to me, right? This is way back when I was watching Bruce Lee movie, Chinese Connection, mm-hmm. uh, when he was at the gravesite, and I'm pretty sure everyone remembered it. And he was talking to um, his girlfriend, said, you know, about his dream, about, you know, how he started teaching, coming home. And you know what? That vision came to me. <laughs> this is oh, when I was uh-huh. in... Um, this is way back, even before I started Wing Chun, you know that, way back. Um, I knew, uh, I don't want to say, but when it comes to 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 start teaching, um, well, my first Sifu, we, we would never say, I teach you in our school. We always used the word share. He would mm-hmm. not allow the word teach at all. He said, no, seriously, you cannot teach everybody. You show them, you know who really teach them? It is themselves because you show them it's the way they practice over and over. Actually, they are teaching them. And also, when you use the word teach, it's too much ego. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. share would be the proper word. And I I do in a, a sense like uh, I carry it over. I said, you know, um, it is the right things to do, you know, that uh, share, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, my dream was that, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what until like somebody has to sort of like. Well, it it is almost a, almost like uh, for example, you need to get a blessing before something happened, right? And um, I won, and I study, I pursue all my life, and then uh, I didn't know. I I do want it, but I don't know how. I didn't even real think about it. But when my my Sifu was telling me, and that was, um, it was a light came over my head. You know what I mean? So I, oh, I said, "Oh my God, I can't believe it! It's finally here." You know, like, okay, what am I gonna do? And so my mission is like in Wing Chun. As you know, Wing Chun didn't have. Uh, they have a school, they have a form, and all that, but a uniform system, they don't have it, right? If you mm-hmm. go to a different school, they come in, they do their thing, and they just go, and it depends on that day. They just, most of the time, it's almost like social gathering. Uh, it was my goal. So um, when I came first, I took, the, I took the system apart, and I put it back in, in the way it should be. Now, I learned this as in uh, Taekwondo and also American Kenpo Karate. They're very uniform, very systematic, so people can follow. I don't want people just to come in and chat and then you go home. I mean, it's great, too, you know that. 
if that is in the backyard. But now our school is public, and we cannot have that. It has to be somewhat commercialized. And mm-hmm. I think most uh, Wing Chun school, they hate to be using the word commercialized because mm-hmm. they think Wing Chun should not be commercialized. It should be in the, stay in a family because, mm-hmm. after all, Wing Chun is a family's art. Right. Uh, so, yes, it, it's my dream to have this, yes, but uh, I didn't know how. Now, when Wing Chun started, it's amazing like Sifu Kahn, Mr. Wong, took me as a disciple to represent him here, and I am directly under him uh, as a chief instructor here. So what we want to do is uh, spread the Wong Long uh, system uh, mm-hmm. throughout. And I know his system is very, very, again, instead of doing one, two, three, as an ordinary, his system, if you can do one, hey, let's do one. And go home, everybody's happy. So mm-hmm. I I like that part. And that's my, uh, when it comes to, to me, I took the art because I love the art. Not very much as self-defense, I mean, when I first started. Because taking martial art, when I practice or think about martial art, study about martial art, I can enter to that ancient world. If and that would be get into that ancient world and you can create a dream, whatever you want to create, it's your world, you know what I'm saying? Now that's part of me when I'm taking martial art. And uh when it comes to fighting, my god, um uh, my philosophy is fight whatever you can, you know what? The goal is to win. Mhm. When, exactly. Uh, but the most important is never get into the fight. Be humble. Be try to talk your way. I learned from my first seafood. Never, 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 never. So yeah, I, I was younger. I get to a lot of fight, but when I get older, you know, uh, I get martial art uh, taught me to be. It is okay to say sorry or to apologize to somebody. It's okay. Mm-hmm. No, no big deal. Or you should mm. say, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong, I apologize. And mm-hmm. you know what, it solve a lot of problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the easy, and, but, but you know, the funny thing is, is uh, like we were talking very briefly earlier about the ego. Yeah. Many times a lot of yeah. people just don't want to apologize because they want to be right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're right, yeah. though, it solves so many problems. Just say, I'm sorry, <laughs> you yeah. know? Just say it. Well, it doesn't mean Chun, that you're wrong. <laughs> right. right. Like in Wing Chun, we have we have five elements. The elements mm-hmm. we have water, earth, wood, metal, and then um, soil. You know, you see, when people get mad, right? It's the mm-hmm. fire coming in. Yeah. And to defeat the fire, you have to bring out water. And water. Well, you can express it in a uh, Wing Chun way, in a fighting way, or you can express it in your words. It's all the mm-hmm. same, you know, to me. So by saying sorry, you sort of like pull out water, and you really neutralize a lot of things, you know, that without going through mm-hmm. the drama. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
Now we're uh, we're running kind of close to the end of our broadcast, but I yes, do ma'am. have another quest. I do have another question. What yes, are ma'am. your visions for the Wing Chun Temple for the future? Yes, ma'am. Um, it's so funny. I went and, as you know, the Shaolin, they were wondering, they looked at it, why are you doing Wing Chun Temple? We want to know, you know. I had a student of mine who uh, took uh, Shaolin form, and he came to study uh, Wing Chun here about almost a year, and then he went back because uh, it was not available. So when he started, he, he went back to Shaolin. His form is a little bit different. Instead mm-hmm. of big circle, it's more like cutting smaller circle, and smaller circle would be getting the target faster than the biggest circle. So they wondering what happened. So he ta- uh, well, he talked about me a little bit, and then uh, when they have their grand opening, I went there and performed them there, and my God, they were uh, impressed, and I told them my dream and all that, and and they invited me to the to to the Shaolin two weeks. Said, hey, you know. Go to Shaolin. I think the abbot wanted to, you know, to invite you. Just learn whatever you need and bring back to Wing Chun Temple. And I mm-hmm. told them, I said, hey, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's true because Wing Chun uh, Shaolin Temple is is a tree. Wing Chun Temple, we are the fruit. So the tree mm-hmm. never changed, but Wing Chun is a fruit. It's a good fruit. <laughs> mhm, mhm. And and it's an organic fruit. I told them and. We just want to bring back the honor, you know that. Um, because mm-hmm. one thing, though, Shaolin would never change the way it is. They've been here for 5,000 years, and mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to change their way. But I said, you know, even though Wing Chun Temple it is where our root is from, the Shaolin, but we are the fruit, we will we will not forget our root, but we mm-hmm. are an organic, organic art. That means wherever we go, we adapt, but our mm-hmm. movie will always change because it's based on, on the concept and principle, you know that. Mm-hmm. And um, and my vision is I would, all my school, I create Wing Chun Temple. It's not only self-defense. I mm-hmm. want to create an all-inclusive. I believe self-defense is sort of like uh, one part of martial art. I want to make complete, for example, you have to be a scholar in order to be a, a, a martial artist. Mm-hmm. You not only good in your fighting skill, you also have to be good with your mind, mm-hmm. and also have to be spiritually awareness. So that's what that's what. And my vision is: I want to pass on. And I always said to people, I said, you know what? Here in America, you consider, you know what? We are safe. Yes, we do, and. Don't get me wrong, self-defense is very important, but I said the enemy is not the other person. The enemy, maybe it's yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about, you see all these rampage to me. I said, look at all this kid. Is it normal taking his mom AK-16 and go start shooting everybody out? You know, that's something's wrong. See, the enemy is not there. It's you, how you think. Right. Mm-hmm. So... And I said, hey, you know what, Wing Chun Temple, in a way, just like, hey, we want to stop. We want to solve the problem before when it gets to fighting and start with the mind. Respect, humble, and being, you know, I think to me, it just, uh, I put it here under uh, my uh, vision. 
love, mm-hmm. peace, harmony, unity, and um, oh, sorry, love, peace, harmony, unity, and harmony. Did I say harmony? That. So my thing is, you love the art, so you can peace with yourself. When you have peace with yourself, you look at other people going through the drama like you did, and you cannot explain to them, and there's come compassion. And going through a compassion, and within the compassion, compel us to do is we have to build a community, so we have to be united with other people. And then the goal of martial art is to be, be harmony, be peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that um, answers your question? <laughs> it does. It does. That's a okay. wonderful. That's a wonderful vision. And uh, I actually have one of your students on the line with oh, really? us right now. She's oh, wow. she's listening, but I don't know if she wants oh. me to bring her line on. It's it's Claudia. <laughs> Oh, but I don't. I don't. I'm gonna bring her line up anyway, just because I'm gonna put her on the spot. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It is. Claudia, <laughs> Claudia, is this you? Of course, this is oh, me. Yes, Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, she, you do? she was not answering me when I brought her in the green room, so I had to check my contact list to see who that was. Um, I apologize. I didn't know that uh, I was um, able to, to talk a lot, so I was being very respectful and keep, keeping myself quiet. Hello, everybody. I, hello. hello. There's a, that, that's a first, Claudia keeping quiet. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my I goodness. am, as my sifu calls me, I'm a Wing Chun nun. Wing oh, Chun nun. You know, she is one more one of my I always say she's my pride and my proud. Uh a Winton modern nun. She is uh, I call it um she's a Shaolin monk corrupter. We wanna have a duel with the Shaolin, we send her in, she corrupt all the monks and then we go in and just take over the Shaolin. <laughs> uh yes. <laughs> I love it. Any issues with that. <laughs> But I would love to say something. Okay, go ahead, I would love to say something. And one thing is that I'm very proud. I think uh, I was very lucky to find Sifu Clark and to find uh, the whole family and and, and the Wing Chun world. I've been very, very lucky because everybody shares the same concept, have the same values. One of the things that I keep seeing on Sifu Clark is the skill to to have this huge patience. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sometimes I just want to scream, and 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 I look at him, and he's just breathing naturally, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should try that. See if that works. I don't I don't hurt anybody, but mainly you don't hurt yourself because it's you who's always having the feelings of anger, uh-huh. frustration, whatever it is. So I'm very blessed, very happy. Um. I used to box for many years, do kickboxing. So um, we always want to fight. We always want to bring uh, that energy around us. And uh, Wing Chun has done something huge for me, which is one of the hardest things to do is to actually relax. Mm. Here we go, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's that's, that's right. one of the things. Another vision that he didn't mention and he shares with me all the time is to be able 
to share the concept with everybody regardless of, of who they are, where they come from, um, as long as they wish to come in and and, and be humble and, and open your mind, then uh, then that's it. That's all you need. That's all you mm-hmm. need. One of his visions is to create a fundraising for those that maybe cannot afford the classes, maybe cannot afford the uniforms, um, but they're willing, they have the desire, they have the passion, and, and they're really willing to learn this concept. I don't know if you have any mm-hmm. other questions, but I'm very proud of you, Sifu Clark. Oh, <laughs> I'm more proud and I am more proud in you than me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I so actually you, have a question uh, for. Oh, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Well, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, please. I actually have oh, a question uh, for everybody, uh, for yeah. uh, Master Reed and uh, Master Clark and Claudia. Uh, like Claudia brought up a great point, you know, sharing regardless of uh, regardless of anything that might be going on. Um, do you do you all feel that sometimes uh, martial arts? business, quote-unquote, I have it in air quotes, (laughs) as if you guys can see it, but martial arts as a business sometimes overruns martial arts as the art form because um, sometimes, you know, I've been to, I visited uh, some schools that are no longer around, actually. I visited some schools Mm. where, you know, just, just the uniform itself is about the same as, the same cost as is a month's worth of lessons. Um and oh sorry, you don't have a uniform, you you can't take a test. You know, I mean it's like, wow, really? Mm. You know? <laughs> Here are these kids or these young adults that want to learn and you're not gonna let them what's going on? You know what I mean? I mean I understand that martial arts is a business. You know, we all run a right. business. But right. you know, on the other hand you know, I, I find that sometimes that you know, I, I find sometimes that the the business end sometimes runs hmm. runs a little bit overboard. Hmm. Now, I I, I, it, I know it's kind of a a touchy subject because you know this is all I do and this is how I eat <laughs> that kind of thing. Hmm. But on the same token, if I see a kid that I know is wants to learn. And they can't mm. afford the uniform or something. It's like, okay, you know what? Okay, just just come in a little bit early, you know. Uh, just vacuum. That's it. You know, yeah. that's it. That's all I want you to yeah. do. You know, I'll get you your yeah. uniform. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. I had a little guy just the other day going, you know, I really want to join, but you know, single mom and stuff like that. So, right. And and the mom almost yeah. pulled her out. Uh, pulled him out right. and said, you know, we can't afford this. And I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And, you know, I was like, what is it about the business part that, that, mm. that some, you know what I mean? Um, right. so anyway, my, uh, that's my question to you guys. You know, do you, do you, do you find that there should be definitely a balance between mm. the business side and the art side? Yeah. You want me to go first or anyone go you, first or? You. You let's let's first, hear from. You want me to go first? Yeah, let's hear from Chief um, Clark. To me, yes, the business is business. However, because I study business management and also minor in accounting and social mm-hmm. field, I feel martial art is a unique business. 
And we should market it in a different way and also the way as we act as a business person is different way. Uh, for example, um, let's say if you, uh, like a church, for instance, right? It's a business, of course, but it's a different type of business. It's not about money-driven. It's, it's important to keep it float, right? But mm-hmm. there's other way to make uh, money besides, you know, start teaching and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very hard to me to, uh, especially Wing Chun, I know, karate, I, I remember my seafood had like a, Hundred to two hundred easily because people coming in, they start um, have a good workout, which is a raw energy, right? Just work out, good mm-hmm. workout, and put the karate gi on and shouting and feel good, and they feel like it's worth of their money, right? It's okay, this is good, and you know they they promote every bill and all that. Mm-hmm. Now you you have to understand. Look at back here, Winton. Winton is very hard. I know this is very hard because. Look at that. Winton, you're coming in, there's a certain thing you do over and over again. It is a boring art. And I want everybody at, yes, it is a boring art. And I'm telling you, uh, until you break through that point, until you, mm-hmm. you taste a Wing Chun, and then, my God, it's almost like... It's low. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. almost like, uh, well, I'm a Christian. I know, like, being a Christian is hard I mean, over, I say, what is a Christian? What is a loving God? One day when God came to you and then anointed you, and then, my God, you feel like, oh, ooh. Now, this is what Wing Chun was, because I studied Wing, uh, other martial arts, uh, heart style. It took me a while, you know, that to really understand. But that's why I said, you know, to me, when when somebody coming in, they don't have any money or whatever. Now, um, uh, I do against uh, teaching people for free. And uh, Master uh, Rizita, it's good that you brought up. You start you start giving lessons and, well, for free, that means, you know, the one thing is not because it's, you know, about the money. It's about respecting the art. Right, right. Respecting the art and also it's, it, it's because if they value, the more you value the art, Trust me, you will be a better martial artist. Mm-hmm. It's all about believing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and they say, oh, well, I got this free. Everybody can get it free. No. But I I do have people that came here. Sincerely, they don't have any money. I said, fine. But don't tell in other people, right? Exactly. Just, okay, why don't you do something? It has to be balanced, you know what I mean? Yeah. And one of my Kung Fu brothers shared this with Master Bruce Lee. This is about uh, Grandmaster Jerry Putet. I don't know you. You mm-hmm. know him. You have to yeah, know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we okay. know him. We know Jerry. Uh, okay, of course. Um, you know he shared that. I read an article. I never met him, but I read an article. And I remember he came to Master Bruce Lee. He said, "Oh, you know what, Sifu? I cannot afford to pay." And I remember the article. He said, "You know what? Don't worry. Just come in and practice. But whatever in this room." You cannot be out there. Mm-hmm. And and I think, look at, in a way, you know, Master Bruce Lee, he opened so much door, so much. I mean, they just, hand in hand, I think, he was young, yet, I mean, my God, he got all his wisdom. He's the best promoter, the best martial artist, the best 
philosopher, the best father, the best lover. I don't care. He's my hero. <laughs> May I add something to that? Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> Based on what I've been seeing on Tifu Clark and, and everybody and, and Winter's yes. family, uh, is this. Um, yes, talking to other martial artists, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing good. Today, there's so so much out there that you can use to do well, to advertise yourself, to show yourself. Right. But one of the things that Sifu Clark said to me is, you have to understand the why. Why mm. you want it so bad. Drive us to do whatever we're doing and, and, right. and to do our best. It's the why. When you see in the person who says, hey, I need a hand, I can't pay my fee this month, but you see the why he wants to do it, or that person wishes to do it. Another question is, or the, uh, something else that he added is, you have to give back. You yeah. have to pay, pay forward. You right. know, that's how life balances. You have to give back in order for you to keep receiving. It's a law. Right. It's a natural law. Right. That's how I see it. There's no way, um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing great if you're doing all those little things, you have a, a clear reason why I'm doing this. You have a clear reason why your student is doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And it has mm -hmm. to be a pay forward. Maybe he cannot do right. it, but maybe he's telling others and he's bringing business to your business. So he's mm -hmm. paying forward. He's doing all right. the little right. things that make the whole system what it's supposed to mean, you know, with all the values, with all the concepts, that's what you're actually teaching. And, yes, you can pay. If you're going for a workout, then go to Valley's, go to LA Fitness, go anywhere, go to Ghost Gym. Mm -hmm. But if you have to figure it out the why. That's where everything um, is decided or is based on. That's mm -hmm. my Yes, good point. Good <laughs> yeah. point. Mm -hmm. And also nowadays, uh, you have to understand, like, we have other way of making money. For example, technology. You know what I mean? Open a yeah. lot of things, and um, I'm looking for that uh, online class in the future. So you know what I mean. So anyway, mm -hmm. I don't want to take all the time here. Okay, like Master Reed, it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. it's, I totally agree with what you were saying. Um, from my point of view, I had uh, some experiences because a lot of uh, traditional karate studios and Korean martial arts have kind of what they call a McDojo, you know, where you, mm -hmm. you go, you mm -hmm. pay your yeah. money, you go every two months, they test you, and two to three years, you got your black belt, mm -hmm. and, and and then uh, they want you to teach and then also pay mm -hmm. as you're teaching, too. So I, right. I'm kind of uh, breaking away from that. I don't, I try to, um, I don't test people unless they're ready. So mm -hmm. if yeah. I say we're going to have a scheduled testing, um, yeah. And then if the student can't afford it, uh, it's no problem. For me, you can come and test. Um, the studio is there for them, so yeah. that's the way I look. You got to give. We give. We help. We help each other. Um, mm -hmm. My students always help help with the school, and I help them. And uh, that's my whole the whole reason. And I and I, but I I was concerned about this trend because you're seeing mm. it. I don't want to say the names of the organizations, but there are some people that came to me, uh, different students, and say, oh, I have a black belt in Taekwondo. And then I said, oh, really? So uh, 
let's let's work out. Let's see. And then I see they don't really know anything other than just mm-hmm. basic a couple of basic moves, which is fine. But I felt bad for them. They paid all this money and they went and trained all these years and they didn't really learn anything. Mm-hmm. No values, nothing. And and you see this with uh, uh, this type of thing. So I'm trying to keep it more traditional and uh, the old what they call me old school. You know, it's like. Mm. You have to earn it if you right. want. Right. Yes. You have to earn it. It's not about the money. It's about making sure the students learn the techniques properly and learn the value and the reason why they're there. Mhm. Exactly. So, Good point. My yes. thoughts exactly. Great point. You don't find that past school anymore nowadays. Yeah. Know, very hard to come it's by. Hard. Well, it's- it's, it's tough because it. so many so many schools are like fly by night, you know. You'll see like, you know, a school open up and then like a, not even 2 3 years later they're gone. And mm. and and the trend is always the same too. It's like that new school will always get a bunch of students right. within the first few months. And then all right. of a sudden they're gone. And it makes you wonder, you know, it's like what's going on, you know? Um, and, you know, I was always brought up, and, and, I, and I know Bob has um, also was always brought up with that sense of balance, you know, that, that yeah, you have to uh, you have to pay it forward, you know, give yeah. to receive and, and receive mm. to give, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and, uh, and that's always worked. Um, and, you know, and, I, yeah, I, I just find it sad that, 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 the, the tr- uh, that the trend is – is um oh how do how do I put this because I don't want to make it sound like I'm against the business because I you know it's business, right? but but on on the same token you know I don't want the art to be left out of it also yeah so, you know what I mean yeah. I don't want the values to be put on the wayside because of money um mm-hmm. so and you know so anyway that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just my thing. I just wanted to put it out there for for us to talk about. Well, we are. I don't know. We're all the time gone, but we're we're all the times gone. But we are almost out of time. We've only, we've only got two minutes for this. We're uh, in the zone. For this. I know we're yeah. in the zone. We're so, in the zone. Hey, we have any come last to starting I have, I... Yeah, the music. The music starting. Uh oh. <laughs> It's okay, David. Master Clark. Master Clark, we're going to be doing Thank a film you. together. I think we're both in this uh, movie, um, The Gathering, yes. with Johnny Reed. Yes. And uh, look yes. forward cool. to it. All right, Master Reed, I'm looking forward to talk, uh, meet you and talk to you. It's my pleasure. It's my honor to meet you here. And yeah. Master Rafael, same way, and Master Rosita, same way, and. Uh, my modern nun, Claudia, same way, all <laughs> martial arts is about love, peace, compassion, unity, and harmony. That's my slogan. Very cool. Very cool. Very Thank cool. You. Well, we are looking forward to seeing you all at the Masters Hall of Fame event in June. We're looking forward yes. to it. We'll be there. Yes. Yay. Awesome. Okay. We'll Bye-bye. see you guys then. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank Me you too. for joining Bye-bye. us, everyone. Have a great thank night. You. And, uh, thank you. Thank you, listeners, behave. for listening. Yes. And thank you, mm-hmm. listeners, for listening. And next week, tune in as we're joined by Mr. Tony Collins and another guest. We don't know who that is yet, but 
Tony Collins for sure. See everyone next week. Bye-bye now. Okay. All right. right.